Welcome to Group Work. I'm your host, Katie K. May, and I interview mental health therapists to find out what happens in the space where group therapy takes place. Take a deep breath and find your seat inside the circle. This episode of Group Work is about to get started. Today on the podcast, it is a solo episode, so that means I am welcoming myself, Katie K. May. So for those of you who don't know me or who are getting to know me, I am the group guru. I help therapists market, fill, and run groups in private practice in addition to running this podcast and the Fill Your Group Fast workshop. I am a Linehan board certified DBT therapist, and I own a group practice of 18 therapists, and we all work together to specialize in the adolescent population and help families create lives worth living while learning to love themselves. I am passionate about what I do, and I'm passionate about the power of connection and the group process to help humans heal. Super excited to be here today. And while I run and have ran lots of groups in the past, what I wanted to talk about today was our team meetings, essentially all group consult as a part of my group practice. And I think that for any therapist, seasoned and or new group consult is a really powerful way to learn, to grow, to learn more about yourself, to be able to build resiliency and build tolerance for gaining feedback, constructive criticism, and also to learn via observation, you know, sometimes questions that come up for other people or are voiced by other people are ones that you yourself have or don't realize that you had and you're able to learn through that process. So I want to share about the structure of what that looks like. I want to share about some of the themes and topics and tips and tricks that I've learned in running group consult for the past three and a half years at this point with my growing team and some of the the trials and troubles that we've had along the way. Before I dive in, I will share a little bit more about me. Let's see. So I was a goth girl in high school. I don't think that would be a surprise to anyone who, who knows me now or you know who sees my creative presentation. And let's see, I loved the movie The Crow so much so that I wrote on the ceiling above my bed, it can't rain all the time. And so, you know, I I struggled as a teen emotionally. And so waking up and opening my eyes and that reminder that it can't rain all the time and that there we had opportunities to see the sun was something that I needed then and that I still think about now, especially on those days as a business owner, multi-business owner, um, parent, human in the midst of a pandemic is that it can't rain all the time and that sometimes we have a really, really hard day, but I like to think of it as getting it all out of the way on a Monday. So maybe Tuesday we can see a little bit of sun. So that's something that I I try and keep in mind, (laughs) inspired by my teenage goth girl self. Yeah. And so that's really what led me here as well. When we're thinking about like what led me to this point of being a therapist and, and having a group practice of others who specialize in that teen population, it was this sense of wanting to be a place and a person that I didn't have as a teen. And so now 
now that ripple effect outward is also wanting to train and cultivate a team who can also be that person for others who need it, whether it's, you know, parent support, teen support, family support, having that support, that structure, the skills, the the space for self-expression that these families so desperately need. So they don't have to have the the struggle or the the intensity or or duration of the struggle that, that I went through or that others like me went through as well. So, Who is my group consult for? It's anyone who's a therapist employee of Creative Healing, my practice. And that means licensed therapists, pre-licensed therapists, interns, all of us in one place together. It is not for anyone outside of of employment at, at our center. I really think that that leads to meaningful case consultation and collaboration when we're able to speak freely about the, the clients that we treat at our center. And one of the really cool things about the work that we do is that we will have a client who's seen individually by one therapist, who's in a skills group with two co-leaders, other therapists, who might have a parent therapist or coach who might be seeing a family therapist for family work at our center. So this checkpoint weekly, this every week on Zoom, 12 to 1 on Thursday, non-negotiable is really important to the team treatment that we provide at our center. And so just a little bit about the structure of group as I'm sharing about it. So like I said, it's a non-negotiable part of employment, everyone who's a part of the practice, regardless of modality, because we have DBT therapists, we have EXRP therapists, we have trauma therapists, we have family therapists, we have art therapists. So all of our therapists come together. And what I think is that that creates a really rich environment of lots of different viewpoints, diversity of thought diversity of of person and social identifier and all of us coming together can really create a meaningful conversation around how we treat our clients and and what we want to do to ethically and effectively treat our clients. And so the structure of group, we all come together and we're on Zoom. It was always on Zoom, even pre-pandemic, because we have three locations and we have therapists that live up to an hour apart from each other. And I wanted to maintain a container, a space where we as a team gathered together and I didn't want there to be any barriers to that. So we meet on Zoom noon on Thursday, start and end on time as a rule. And we start with a win. And so we start with what is a personal and professional win from the week. And there's a couple reasons why I think this is important. The first one being that a lot of us are, you know, heads down working with clients, working in our area all week. And so having a transition of coming back to ourselves, what are we celebrating? What are we doing? You know, what did we go to an outdoor concert? Did your daughter go have her dance recital? Like getting to connect as human before we dive back into the work feels really important. And then the part about professional wins really highlights and reinforces this is tough stuff that we're doing. So when we can call out what's working and what we're doing well, it helps to support us in continuing in this process. So don't skimp on this step. This takes maybe the first 10 to 12 minutes of group. And it's really an important part of grounding us and connecting us together and helping us connect with each other as a team. From there, we move into announcements. And this has been a newer iteration of our team meetings as our team has grown and as our locations have spanned further apart and we've all been online. There's a lot of news and a lot of updates that I will often share with the full team 
in a message and text form on Mondays. And then when we meet on Thursdays, I'm verbally reviewing. Okay, so this week we changed the biopsychosocial. Does anyone have any questions about this new part of it? Or this week there was a bottleneck or breakdown in our group referral system. What happened here? What can we resolve around this? How can we work together around this? And typically that takes, you know, five minutes tops. It's it's maybe three announcements or less per week, but it gives us that opportunity to highlight what's changing, what support do we need for things that might be breaking down, and how can we openly and candidly discuss issues together rather than ignoring them or you know, having a side conversation or end run where we're talking about our frustration. I want to open space for frustrations, and I want to be able to talk about them openly together so that we can resolve them collaboratively together. And honestly, this part has felt challenging for me in the sense that I have to teach people how to bring issues to me because people want to be too nice. People are afraid of hurting feelings. And so I have to say, what's frustrating this week? What's not working for you? What do we need to change? What do we need to resolve? And so I'd like to build and grow out that part, you know, beyond five minutes, because I want to know how we can strengthen and how we can be better. And it's been a a learning process for the team and will continue to be so. From there, we do a rotating leader opening activity. And the purpose of this, it's about 10 to 15 minutes. The purpose of this is for the whole team to get a snapshot experience of what it's like for you to be a therapist, how you show up in the room, what kinds of interventions you use. And that helps us know who's your ideal client, what kind of work resonates with with what you're doing and who we can refer to you. It also helps us learn from each other. So let's say, you know, we have two art therapists on our team. If their opening activity on their lead week is something that's creative, creative and art-based, some of our other therapists who that's not their natural inclination start to say, wow, I, I learned that I can be more creative. I learned that I can be more outside the box in this kind of intervention. And I'm going to try that out this week. The other thing that we'll do that I like to do a lot is bring new interventions when it's my turn to be team opener, because I want to test it out before I bring it live. So I'll say like, this is the first time I've ever tried this. Please give me feedback. Am I orienting and explaining it clearly? Do you understand what you're supposed to do? Is there something that's missing? Is there a process question that you think would be helpful for me to ask? And so we engage in an activity collectively as a group. A lot of times it's something interactive and group-based that then we'll bring outward into our groups. Sometimes it's a mindfulness activity that someone wants to practice scripting before they go live with it. We use Google Jamboard a lot and we'll do something collaboratively together and learn about each other more. So it strengthens that connection and that cohesion as a team. So it's a really fun part of our team meetings and it gets us up and involved and engaged and, and working together. And then once that's complete, we do two-part process review. We'll do, what did you like about that activity as a participant? What did you find challenging about it? So basically your feedback as a participant first, what was it like for you? And then feedback for the group open leader, what could you have done differently? What did you like about their delivery? What worked? What didn't? What might you shift or change to make it more effective? And so we're always trying in this process to lead with positive reinforcement. What did you like or what did you learn before you ask a clarifying question or offer a solution or feedback? And this is because it's really vulnerable to put yourself out there, especially for our newer therapists. And so knowing that you're going to receive the positive reinforcement and specific praise on 
what you did well can soften the blow of knowing that you also have to put yourself out there in a way that can feel scary. So this takes up about the first 25 minutes of our group. And then we move into breakout rooms. And so the pre-process for our group consults is that we use a program called Blink. I call it, it's like HIPAA compliant Facebook. It has a social feed and it has private messaging and it has like a, a hub where you can have folders with different documents and videos and stuff like that. And so since we've been online, I've purchased this space for us to use so that we have a place to connect. And so the day before our team meetings, the the assigned rotated group leader for that week will say, hey, who has agenda items for team? And then they'll comment below. They'll make a comment below that post if somebody has an agenda item. So we organize those agenda items. Typically, we break out into three rooms. We're a team of 18 right now. And so we have about six people per breakout room. And so each person chooses what topic they would like to be a part of, whether it's something they're an expert in or they know a lot about so they know they can contribute and or something that they feel not so strong in so they want to learn more and they want to be in a room to listen and learn and observe. And so we break out into our breakout rooms for 20 minutes and we do consult. And what this looks like is the person who owns that agenda item is saying, here's what I need. Here's the the bullet point picture of what I'm experiencing. Here's what support looks like for me. Here's what I need. So really clearly identifying what the issue is, what they're experiencing, what kind of support they need. Sometimes it's, hey, we share a case all together. I would like to review from my lens what I'm seeing, what my case conceptualization is. And I want to hear from the group leaders, how this client shows up in group and the parent coach, how this parent shows up in their parent sessions. And can we collaborate together to strengthen our conceptualization of this client? So sometimes it's just conceptualizing a case. Sometimes it's when somebody feels stuck on a case. And sometimes someone who's just really jazzed about a case and they're like, hey, I want to share more about this and kind of brainstorm ideas and talk through it together. And so I try and really cultivate that you don't just talk about cases when you need support. It is our culture to talk about cases together and collaborate together and gain insight and ideas from each other because that's a really important important part of the team culture and the practice culture that I would like to have and cultivate at our center. And so again, the person who owns the agenda item will share. And then the other people, while that person is sharing, they're taking notes, they're, they're writing down their thoughts, they're listening actively. And then we provide feedback and feedback looks like this. Number one, what did I like or learn and what you were saying? And that can be as simple as, I really liked how articulate you were about the behaviors that your client is experiencing. It helped me be able to clearly see what it is that your client is doing. The feedback could be, you seem really excited to work with this client. I can see your face light up when you're talking about them. But we're starting with that positive reinforcement because that's what makes people keep wanting to share cases on team. It makes them want to be a part of this process and not feel fearful that they're going to be, it's going to feel punishing if they're just getting criticism or suggestions. So that's, you know, one point I might say is to be really careful about assessing reinforcing, asking questions before you're jumping in with solutions, because that that can feel not so good for a therapist who's being vulnerable and putting themselves out there. And so after we do positive reinforcement, and it's not like linear or that everyone has to do it, it's just really encouraged that this is our process. Sometimes people will put it in the chat. Sometimes people will verbalize it, but we're all in effort of supporting each other when we're sharing. Then we move into assessment and clarifying questions. We're really careful not to solve problems too quickly until we fully understand what's going on. 
So this is asking questions like, I'm wondering what the parent is seeing and if that's different than how the teen is presenting. I'm curious if you know what body sensations this client is experiencing before panic attacks, if they can't identify any outside triggers. And so it's asking questions to build scaffolding for the person who's asking, you know, teaching them to fish rather than giving them a fish stick or whatever that saying is, that it's helping them build their own bank of knowledge rather than just getting a response and an answer. We, we want our therapist team to know how to think about and how to do effective therapy, not just follow A, B, C, D. And then finally, we move into suggestions and suggestions can be an intervention that's been successful in the past. Suggestions can be, you know, it sounds like you need to be more direct with this parent. It sounds like you need to to observe your own limit and not continue to rescheduling. So observation, suggestions. And then what I find to be the most exciting part is if this therapist may struggle with implementing this suggestion or not understand really what it looks like, then we're role-playing and they all hate this, <laughs> but I love this because what I know is that practicing behavior changes behavior. And so when I can say, Hey, do you, do you think you know what it feels like to be able to say to a parent, I can't treat your teen unless they're in full protocol and they're in group as well as individual. And if the therapist says, I kind of know what to do, I kind of might know what to say, but I feel really anxious about it. Great. Let's practice that right now. I'll be a really mean parent and let's see how you do with this. And if you can do that with me, you can do that with them. And so let's try it out and getting them to practice. And then again, that positive reinforcement piece, everyone around who's in the group saying, I saw that you did this well. It was great how you used that tone. I loved how your shoulders went up and back and showed your, your appearing confident stance. So we really want to support each other in this environment. And we really want to encourage coming to seek support and seeking to improve. One of our values as a team is having a growth mindset, never stop learning and growing and being effective, doing what works rooted in the evidence. And so when we come together as a team, we are practicing our values. We are living within those values. And that's really important. And then for the last five minutes or so, we come back together as a full team and we do two things. Number one, each agenda item owner reports back what is it that they found most helpful and what are they going to do with that information. So they're taking a to-do. They're saying, I'm going to have this conversation with mom this week. I'm going to try out this art assessment intervention this week. And then they're, they're taking that, the information from team and they're bringing it into their practice during the week. And then we wrap up as a full team with an intention. And this is, again, bringing us back to grounding and the human side of being a therapist. What are you committed to in the next week? What's your intention for the weekend? Our regular schedule is Monday through Thursday for our full team. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is, is our three-day weekend. So we, we typically talk about how we're going to focus on self-care for the weekend. And we might say like music or sunshine. And we just kind of set a word or a phrase of our intention transitioning into the weekend and then say goodbye and have our time with ourselves and our families and our lives outside of being a therapist for a full three days and then recharge and do it again the next week. 
I find it to be a really fulfilling and powerful process. It's part of what makes me love being a therapist and get jazzed about working as part of a team is that we are working together. We are supporting each other. We don't have to go through this alone. We've cried together. We've laughed together. You know, all the things, this work is hard enough without having to do it on our own. So in terms of groups and the power of connection, this is a really important part of that. If I were to say what the challenges are in that, in the past year, the challenges are mostly centered around, I'll say like a multi-layered team in terms of, of length of time on the team. So newness of therapists, but also having a bigger chunk of really green therapists right now, whether pre-licensed or interns. And so there's this dynamic of not wanting to show up, not knowing, being afraid that you don't know enough. And so it's been a challenge to figure out how to find that balance of saying, hey, you're doing the best you can with the skills you have, and we support you. And we're so glad you're here. And we're all still learning. And there are things that we'd like to support you on to help you continue growing and learning and come up to the baseline and the the standard of our practice. And so what I think has been most helpful in that regard is the continued reminder of continuous positive reinforcement in the process, even if that positive reinforcement is I'm so glad that you showed up vulnerable today. It's amazing when you can say what you don't know, because that's how we can help you improve. And it takes a lot of courage to say that in front of a group. So thank you for showing up today. So really celebrating vulnerability is an important part of it. So that pretty much summarizes our team consults. Anyone who's a part of our team is a part of them. I would say that if you wanted to get started with your own team consult, the first step would be aligning everyone that it's, it is part of your vision and being prepared that, that that in itself will be a process to get everyone on board and that some may resist it at first. And that's just part of the change process. But once everyone is on the same page, it feels like you're rowing the boat in the same direction. If your goal is team treatment and collaboration, and you want this to be a part of your practice, then setting that as the vision, explaining why it's important. People will self-deselect if that's not part of their vision and having to be okay with that as a practice owner is an important part of this process as well. So that being said, my team is real jazzed about collaborating and that's the the culture that, that I'd like to provide and I'd like to continue to cultivate. All right. If you'd like to learn more about me, go ahead and check me out at becomeagroupguru.com. I would love to help you market, fill, and run your group in private practice. My group practice is creativehealingphilly.com. So if you are in the Philadelphia area, feel free to check me out and connect with me. Thanks for listening. Hey, groupie. Thanks for listening. For more resources on how you can market, fill, and run your group in private practice, check me out at becomeagroupguru.com. 